Avengers comic book hour long. <laughs> Why would you no. put the? Okay. Yeah, that is not English. <laughs> loyal listeners and thank you so much for joining us this is radioactive spider pod the podcast that looks back on the 90s spider-man cartoon and asks are cartoons really supposed to make you feel like this i'm your all-knowing all-seeing host the tide-turning vero taylor joining me as always are my fellow movers and shakers the chaotic moment kevin mcavoy i'm on the edge of my seat and the pivotal incident peter iskandar oh you got both initials in that one good work as usual, we have a quick bit of business to take care of. We post screenshots for each episode, as well as updates and other good stuff on our socials, so check those out for the full experience. And while you're there, you can reach out, follow us, heckle us, the whole shebang. We're at RASpiderPod on Twitter, and at RadioactiveSpiderPod on Facebook and Instagram. And all this is on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. We also do bonus episodes, articles, outtakes, and oddities over at patreon.com slash radioactivespiderpod if you just can't get enough. Okay, this is the last episode of Season 3, aka Sins of the Fathers, which means it's time for the final edition of our own segment, Gins of the Fathers. What are you drinking to mark the occasion today, boys? Um, well, I was torn between Gins of the Fathers and Sins of the Loggers, which we initially started with, so I'm doing Gins of the Loggers. Um, I have myself some straight aviators gin and a uh, Amsterdam uh, golden lager. So buckle up. Um, I'm also following suit. I have a Empress 1908 gin, which is indigo colored. I'm mixing that with some Fresca and I have a moosehead lager. Nice. Channeling my inner Aunt May, I am also having a gins of the lager, uh, in my nice. case, I'm combining a gin smash with a Lauenbrau lager to make a nice, delicious shanty. Oh it's very minty. Do you mix those <laughs> together? It's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my good God. lord. There is a timer on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we make her the host of this one? <laughs> hey, the first part was pretty good. She's pretty much done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am done. I'm free. Now I can right. start drinking. <laughs> That's good. Well, it sounds like we're on the cusp of getting turned, so let's prepare for a climax, but be ready for a crisis, because we're about to make history with Sins of the Fathers, Chapter 14, Turning Point. Turning Point first aired November 23rd of 1996 and is based on The Amazing Spider-Man, issues 39, 121, 122, and The Spectacular Spider-Man magazine number 2, which means it's time for another milestone edition of Peter's Comic Book Minute. Peter's Comic Book Minute! Well, folks, grab your gins and grab your loggers, because this is going to be a, a long one. It's a four-issue extravaganza. Yeah, so since there are four issues here to cover, I'm just going to go and pick out the uh, points of the story that were actually used in the episode. Amazing Spider-Man number 39 came out in August 1966, was written by Stan Lee and illustrated by Steve Ditko. 
Spider-Man is hit with gas that the Green Goblin has concocted that prevents his spider sense from working. Spider-Man goes to change back into Peter Parker, and the Goblin watches without being noticed. The Goblin confronts and attacks Peter Parker. Pete fights to prevent Aunt May from knowing the truth, but Goblin soon knocks Peter unconscious and wraps him in a steel alloy cable. He's taken to the Goblin's lair. Peter struggles against his bonds. Since he's confident in destroying Spider-Man, the Green Goblin reveals himself to be none other than Norman Osborn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Amazing Spider-Man number 121 came out in June 1973, was written by Jerry Conway and illustrated by Gil Kane, and it's the legendary The Night Gwen Stacy Died storyline. <gasps> Gwen has been kidnapped, and Peter must rely on his Spider-Sense to lead him to where the Goblin is. His Spider-Sense leads him to the George Washington Bridge, where he spots the Goblin standing next to emotionless Gwen Stacy. At the bridge, Spider-Man attempts to get Gwen, but must fight the Goblin with everything he has. Both Spider-Man and the Goblin fight until the Goblin swoops down, knocking Gwen off of the side of the bridge. Spider-Man then goes to save her as his webbing catches her, her neck breaks, and she dies instantly. Spider-Man praises himself as he cradles the lifeless body of Gwen until he realizes that she's dead. Holding the lifeless body of Gwen in one arm, Spider-Man raises his fist into the air, vowing to destroy and make the Green Goblin pay for the death of the woman that he loved. In the next issue, Amazing Spider-Man 122. He moves on with his life. <laughs> He's already someone new. <laughs> in the next issue, Amazing Spider-Man 122, also written by Jerry Conway and illustrated by Gil Kane. Uh, Spider-Man battles the Green Goblin in a warehouse and is determined to bring him to justice. However, during the fight, the Goblin's glider is reactivated, and when the Goblin tries to impale Peter with it, he only succeeds in impaling himself when Spider-Man dodges out of the way. With the Goblin apparently dead, Spider-Man finally getting what he vowed earlier that day, finds Osborne's death a hollow victory. Finally, in Spectacular Spider-Man Magazine number 2, which came out in October 1968, which was uh, written by Stan Lee and illustrated by John Romita, Norman starts to lose his grip and would have attacked Peter in front of everyone if, if the dinner had lasted longer. When the guests start dancing, Peter excuses himself to call Aunt May. He's really making a distraction by making a ball out of web fluid and throwing it in the fire so that he and Norman can get away. So all of those kind of happened in this. Yeah, they really picked and chose yeah. from, uh, from the source material here. And I, I do appreciate the fact that the uh, the way the goblin gets impaled is how they did it in the movies. Yeah, I think we'll see something similar, but, uh, you know, you, you got to keep it PG. Well, just like that recap, our story begins in a plodding, meandering kind of way as we come to Madam Web and Spider-Man having a little lover's quarrel. Spidey says he's done with all this training, and Madam Web assures him he'll be sorry when a two-headed monster fucks his shit up. Spider-Man giving a classic breakup speech. Yeah, you know, as far as breakups go, this is not the worst I've seen. I'm good, Madam Web. I don't need you anymore. Madam Web says that. Someday you will yearn for the wisdom of Madam Web. It's a hard yearn. Do you think she's going to make him beg for it? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not make it just creepier than it already is. There's already some subtext here. No. Uh, yeah. Then she goes and says that, um... That day will come soon when the two-headed monster rises from the netherworld. Like, yeah, gotta be weary of that guy. Not like the one-eyed monster. He's cool. <laughs> he's telling me how to live my life. He's, he's the one making all the decisions right now. Well, sadly, we can't possibly figure out what she means because we cut over to Oscorp where Norman, Jekyll and Hyde, Osborne, is talking to his alter ego, the Green Goblin, while he works on some tech. He repairs the portal device from the previous episodes, and the goblin assures him that it will be used to bring destruction to his enemies, including Spider-Man. 
the porno gun is the same size. Yeah, but now he's wearing it as like a baby Bjorn. Oh, he had the baby Bjorn last episode. Remember, I made the joke about the rhino. I drift in and out. Yeah, that's so fucking stupid. It's like, hey, like I, I, he says, This interdimensional Spock technology is extremely delicate. Miniaturizing the device to this size, I can't guarantee its stability. Uh, it's exactly the same size, maybe slightly larger. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what the fuck did you do? Make it run on D-cell batteries? Like, that's your innovation? He clearly just had to find a way to attach it to his leftover sex harness. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Chest <Jesus>. on. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's just a battery thing because, yeah, maybe he just put an extra large battery pack on it or something because, you know, we don't have that issue in this episode where it doesn't have enough yeah. juice. Uh, I'm thinking he took, like, got one of those, like, emoji poop battery packs they sell for idiot people's cell phones. I feel attacked as I have one. I know, it's on the desk near me. I don't like it. You mean the cell phone case that's also a battery? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Uh, The back and forth here from Neil Ross talking to himself and like his split personality is top shelf and genuinely creepy. Like it really feels like the two are kind of wrestling from control, especially when he makes that weird sound. Yeah, he goes and makes this weird sound. It's just like Norman shutting down, Green Goblin booting up. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the loading the Goblin subroutine. Ha 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 ha! I am the Green Goblin. <laughs> so they do switch back and forth, but sometimes there's this really weird in the middle voice that he makes. Yeah, which I don't know if it's him messing up and just kind of not finding the right range to go to, or it kind of shows the duality of the character. You know. You know what? The fact that you can't tell exactly, I, I kind of felt the same way. And I think it just means it worked. Like, I think it was working well, you know, because yeah. there's such they're very different voices. Like, it's so high pitched. The other one's just so normal that yeah. uh, that that there is those kind of weird seconds between them. Like, I think that's fine. I, I liked it a lot. I also yeah, love the sure. expressive eyebrows going on here. They are <laughs> out and about. It's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Someone just got them threaded. <laughs> <laughs> Microbladed. <laughs> nice. He's working in those frown lines really aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of aggressive, the goblin just turns and yells, Turn it on. I was like, Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's like that's like Peter yelling that at Mary Jane just one night ago. <laughs> like in the power squad he does too. Like it's mm. not just He's like assuming the position. Like he vibrates when he does it. (laughs) So at the end of the scene, he goes through one of the portals that he made. And I was just thinking, as he goes through his portals, he like just seeing like Doctor Lopez in the spot screaming for help. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm busy." (laughs) Every Every time time with these losers, he just zips past them. He also says, Spider-Man is the only man on Earth who knows that the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn are allies. Uh, what the fuck, dude? You were literally screaming that last episode <laughs> that you were his friend to anyone who would listen, and especially the Hobgoblin. And the I'm your friend, Norman. <laughs> yeah. And you know the Hobgoblin's going to squeal to the cops the first chance he gets. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a singer. But they'd probably put him at Ravencroft. I don't know. I think he'd go to the, what is it, the, the, the island? The, uh, oh, the raft? The raft. I really do like that the Green Goblin called him and Norman allies. Like, yeah. he just refuses to acknowledge that they're the same fucking person. Yeah. Well, they're different people. They're just sharing a body, Peter. Oh, is this a personality trait of Norman that, like, he suppressed and the gas let it out? Or is this an entirely different consciousness yeah i think it's part of norman 
even though he refuses to acknowledge it, and that's why he's so aggressively uh, against the idea that he is not the Green Goblin when he's being the Green Goblin, uh, I think it's very clearly just a split personality. It's not like a separate entity was born by the gas and inhabits yeah. him, like in a magical sort of sense. It made him crazy. It's all the bitching that Norman does behind closed doors because he doesn't have the guts to kind of do it in person. It's all of the parts of his personality that he suppresses because he thinks it's wrong. And then this gives him license to do all those terrible things. He's like, all the stuff he could do but doesn't, he does here. The Green Goblin attacks an armored car and draws out Spider-Man, but immediately flees the scene when his foe arrives. Spidey checks the usual goblin haunts, but finds nothing, and so ducks into an alley for a costume change to make his date with Mary Jane. His spider sense keeps going off, which he assumes to be a glitch, but it is actually the Green Goblin, using his portal tech to spy on Spidey, unseen. As Peter reveals his face, the Green Goblin learns his real identity and begins a new plan. I've never seen two men so unhappy to be sitting next to each other in that armored car. One of those guys ripped a huge one, and neither one is willing to acknowledge it. That is what has gone down. I think the driver did, because the one in the passenger seat's giving him some serious cut-eye. Yeah, that's always that's always the best when you're the driver, and you you, you rip a huge one, and you just lock the windows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although I'd expect a giant grin on his face if that was the case. I don't know. The truck drivers, along with a lot of other characters in this episode, were very anime. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, you can, style. Yeah. They really spent the money on the animation. In general, this whole episode is fucking fantastic compared to most. Like, yeah. it hasn't looked this good since the Enter the Green Goblin episode, I think. Yeah. And it made me simultaneously love it and hate it in the fact that they skimp so much on the other episodes. Like, when you see how expressive the characters are and fluid the animation can be, like, the way Spider-Man flips and the weight that he has to him, you're like, this is so good. And then you think back to all the other cut-up bullshit they do, and you're like, you assholes, just spend the money. (laughs) I only handle the best, damn it. We have the technology, but don't want to spend too much money. Yeah. The Green Goblin goes and gets into the truck, Flips it over and then enters the back and he says, There wasn't much fight in those two. You just can't find good help nowadays. And you know what, Green Goblin? I agree. Look who the fuck I'm stuck with. Oh, damn. He's got us. Got him. (laughs) Got him. I mean, I'm already on my second gin and I've pretty much finished my lager. So I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, buddy. (laughs) The Goblin is a lot quippier than uh, usual, though, like in previous episodes. They really bring out the humor of him, maybe because now the Hobgoblin's gone. So this can be his identity more. These jokes were all written for Mark Hamill before. Yeah, really. I also like that you see it from the point of view of the villain for the first time because Mm -hmm. he's actually this is what would happen if they break in because he says he makes a comment about all right the alarms are going off anytime now and yeah when you were watching the episode i you actually turned to me and you were like uh what does he need money for like you were like questioning it and then yeah. it's revealed that yeah, he's not actually getting it for the money he doesn't care he's just trying to draw out spider-man which is a really cool thing to do yeah i thought the same thing he could also be stealing because apparently he doesn't have any shares of his own company yeah, you got to keep your son in blue suits. <laughs> he needs to get a new K car. <laughs> oh my God, he, has to get, he has to replace the Volvo or whatever the fuck he's driving. Yeah. So Spider-Man shows up and sees the Green Goblin and says, You? I thought you were. And then Green Goblin's like, I'm not. 
Um, it reminded me of Gabo being like, I'm a bad little boy. Spider-Man's such an SOB. <laughs> All the listeners of this podcast are SOBs. <laughs> Peter fired from podcast. <laughs> it's just like what the Daily the? Bugle. Yeah. Daily Bugle becomes it comes into existence to publish one headline <laughs> about a no-name fucking podcast and its shitty hosts. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> oh, Third-rate podcast fires second-rate host. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, he puts in the work. Strip. So the Green Goblin just kind of fucks off here. And uh, Spider-Man's left chasing him. And he basically goes on Norman Osborn's Psychosis Haunted Walk as he yeah. goes like, place to place. It's like, you know, he goes to Oscorp, his mansion. The only thing missing is the grave of his wife and a static shot of his disappointing son in his suit. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> it cuts away. Yeah, he, it's weird that he just lets him go and then goes, like you said, it, how far apart is Oscorp and the mansion? Like, is this Pretty all far. day? This is 10 a.m. to 5? Like, Well, I don't think he can catch the, the glider if the it double just bolts. Glider, yeah. yeah, like that thing's fast. Also, he has the portal. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't know that. He, I mean, he doesn't do it right away, so he's got to break eyesight and then just be gone. But no, he's never going to mm. catch him. I was surprised while the uh, Green Goblin is uh, creeping up on Spider-Man. It's not just like that. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> portal opens. Yeah, he yeah. Like, touches his butt, disappears. Oh, was that just me that wanted that? Oh, sorry. And just shh, turns to the camera and goes, shh. He, like, messes around behind him, and then when he turns around, he's gone. Yeah. My spider sense. Yeah, he could have done this, though, like, with, like, just a small hole and peeked his eye through, right? Like, he could have done it so inconspicuously, but instead he's, like, slipping through portals behind him, like a Scooby-Doo villain going through doorways. It's way more fun, so. And it's not even the smaller one. Yeah, it's the big jet, too. Like, is that thing, is that thing silent? Like, <laughs> wouldn't it just be, <laughs> You'd think, but I guess it's New York, baby, so it's oh, a lot those, of honking and cats and pizza pies. He's walking here. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's just yelling, I'm walking here at each other, so you can't hear over the din. I'm walking here! I'm walking here! But it, like that he goes right to his mutation disease. Yeah, I thought that was a really good callback. This isn't my mutation disease returning. I don't think I could deal with that. It's like, oh yeah, that should happen. I don't think I could deal with that. Turning into a... Monster. Monster. So he decides to change out of his spider jammies, um, even though there might be danger afoot. And the first thing I notice is that he drapes his clothes all over a garbage can in the middle of <laughs> New York. Like, yeah, pretty <laughs> is gross. this a regular occurrence? Like, does Peter not realize he actually smells and everybody's making fun of him behind his back? Like, <laughs> it's not that he's nerdy, it's that he reeks. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like the goblin's just peering down at him from above and he's like yes yes take off your mask and reveal your secret identity to your greatest enemy <laughs> he hears that and just like oh, is venom here no it's me it's like oh hey what's up hobgoblin <laughs> fuck you <laughs> uh, for the last time <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're some sort of, uh, you're the verdant imp or whatever. Get out of here. Green Goblin reminded me of a uh, Dragon Ball Z character when he's just he like sitting like there Piccolo, watching yeah. it. Was it Piccolo? Yeah. yeah. The eye lasers. Isn't that the green one? Yeah. Yeah, he's the green one. <laughs> Use your eye lasers. I, Peter, um, he did the thing that you always talk about 
where again he's unmasked and someone's like who the fuck's that like the green goblin's like i don't know who that is <laughs> Yeah, yeah I really like cool. that. I, yeah. I really like that. It's it's not even like, oh, that's Peter Parker, friend of Norman Osborn's son, usurper of Mary Jane. No, it's... What? The Green Goblin's greatest foe, a mere boy? Impossible! Yeah, he's freaking out. Yeah. And then it takes Norman piping in. Which, again, shows the disconnect between Norman and the Green Goblin. Yeah. I, was, I would like him to play that up a little bit, uh... Because it's such a fun concept that the goblin doesn't know everything Norman knows. Yeah, right? So, like, mm. in the moment, he could be tricked, basically, because he doesn't know everything Norman knows. Yeah, for it sure. It was a good view into the goblin's mind that he had to come up on the spot, a reason to to be like, oh, it's Peter Parker. Okay, uh, yeah, he's trying to get to you through Harry to try and almost justify his existence. He must have been using Harry to... Get to you! Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can tell he's like, okay, quiet, I'm trying to think. Yeah, as he uh, as the scene's starting to end, the goblin says that he plays for keeps. And I'm like, wait a minute, they set that up by saying that he plays for keeps in the previous episode. Everything is set up in this one. Holy shit, I think I chirped it in the yeah. uh, in the last episode. I'm like, holy fuck, they brought it back. Yeah, they've been bringing everything back. My God. It's almost like they planned it. Well, speaking of bringing things back... At the coffee bean, Mary Jane fills the viewer in on things while she chats with Liz Allen. In short, Peter, bonable, Harry Osborn, jealous. Peter shows up late as usual, but MJ is cool and everything is as it should be. Mary Jane reminds Peter that Harry's birthday is tonight and they're invited for God knows what reason. Despite Peter's concerns, they decide to attend the dinner party. So Liz Allen thinks that Harry is a sweetheart. Maybe something will happen. Oh yeah, right, it does. Liz Allen is cursed with a tragic inability to understand the concept of tact. She's so overt with everything she says here. <laughs> so how's Harry Osborn handling you not being his girlfriend anymore? Not well. I do love this little scene because it literally confirms what we've assumed this whole time. Everybody thinks Harry is lame and to be pitied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not Liz Allen. <laughs> she thinks he's lame and needs pity. She yeah. says he's a sweetheart, man. They end up I feel bad married. for the little guy or something. Poor Harry. You know, he's a real sweetheart. I kind of feel sorry for him. Well, you know, us sweethearts <laughs> need that sympathy lay. <laughs> It's all we have. <laughs> Sorry, Pedro. <laughs> hey, Pedro. So what is Peter's usual? Is it a hot dog? Oh, lots yeah. of mustard? Mm, yeah, whatever it is, it has lots of mustard. Probably like a salad with lots of mustard. Who knows? <laughs> Peter doesn't need a salad. He's jacked. So MJ's just like fucking settling into everything now. She has a man on the side, doesn't she? One who isn't late. No, she's just finally happy. Everyone's happy here. It's just, we just don't know. Everyone's on Xanax. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we just don't know how to feel. And I guess that's what happiness is supposed to be like. I thought I was happy, but I'm not this happy. So now I'm jealous. I'm just taking a page out of my book where you learn a new word and you want to just slide it in everywhere. <laughs> Even though sometimes yeah. it's not quite right. But she's like, yeah. I'm going to say idiosyncrasies because... Yes. <laughs> it's one of your little idiosyncrasies I've come to love. Peter gets so turned on when Mary Jane uses her word of the day calendar. <laughs> yeah, he also says, Ooh, you use the L word. I like that. Yeah, little. Like, she uses love oh. constantly. Are you not listening to her? Again, that was your time to say it back to her, Peter, and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Instead, he says, I like that. I wouldn't say I love it, though. Not publicly, anyway. 
Listen here. She's right by. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I love it when you say that fucking word. Mm-hmm. This gets so weird. So, guys, it's Harry's birthday. Do you think he's going to wear his uh, dress powder blues? Going to try and... He's got to try and win MJ back somehow. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, let's be real. You know Harry's actual birthday was a month ago, and Norman just forgot and was like, uh, it's because I was throwing a big surprise for you, son. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. The only thing more surprising than forgetting is a dinner party with the people you hate. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Also, why is it weird that Norman Osborne is throwing a party? Because they say it's... His father's throwing a big dinner party. Norman Osborne is throwing a party? Is he back to normal? He's rich. That's all you do. Yeah, it's true. Peter's so reasonable about like, oh, maybe we shouldn't go. Like, you fucking think you shouldn't go? He literally will not stop doing that friend bit that he keeps doing. Peter and MJ arrive at the stately Osborne Manor for the party. The other guests are as surprised as we are about their attendance, and Harry reveals that the only reason they were invited was due to the insistence of his daddy. Norman greets Peter in an overly familiar way, nearly crushing his hand while shaking it and making very weird allusions. It continues into dinner, where it becomes clear to Peter that Norman knows his secret identity, and so he excuses himself to form a plan. Okay, so they're walking up, and MJ's warning Peter to keep it in check. You know she just wants to be like, only make out with me in the broom closet, like, once. We can't do any hand stuff, you know, we just gotta keep our PDA to a minimum. What do you mean you can't do hand stuff? All you can do is hand stuff. No, because then when he goes to shake Harry's hand, Harry's gonna be like, I know that smells. Oh, god damn it, Good you guys. lord. And yeah, nothing says sensitivity like a big broy thumbs up. That's what I always say. Oh my god, Peter that wink. stupid look. He, like, takes off the hat that he's wearing that says, I'm boning your ex-fiance. Like, puts it delicately back in his pocket. Peter, what did I say about that hat? And that one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, just a big Texas hat. Like a big fucking cowboy hat. Aww. Ten gallon, baby. Uh, hear me out. When they walk up to the door, they're not holding a gift. When you see them inside, Peter's got a big blue box. Uh... Did he just take it from the gift pile? Her name is Mary Jane, Vera. <laughs> That's a big red box. Uh, yeah, I think oh. he snagged that one right off of the gift table and went like, hey, here you go, Harry. They noticed that uh, Peabody Oakert Smith brought like 20. So they just scratched <laughs> yeah, okay. out their name. <laughs> so when they get in there, they see Flash, which we haven't seen in a long time. And he's in his dress purples, which is great. That's a bold mm-hmm. choice and I like it. Yeah, but he's just there for the food anyway. He's yeah, I know. his face, you're right. <laughs> he goes, Whoa, I didn't think you'd show up here, Parker, and score one for bad taste. Speaking of which, uh, how about you wrestle Daddy up some more pigs in a blanket, Deborah? maybe? <laughs> Where are you going? Pigs in a blanket! <laughs> what the fuck are you talking Flash about? Flash is the, the guy who stands right at the exit of the kitchen and grabs every order. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the guests don't get any. <laughs> Yeah, really. So then they actually cut to Harry, and guys, he's got a new suit, and it's a mature blue. Nice. He is dressed to impress Mary Jane tonight. No more babies. We're royal now. Listen, he knows blue's his color, and he's accepted that as a mature man, he must darken the shade. But uh, yeah, he's right back to going to do the bit, so hit the fucking deck, guys. (laughs) Friend. We say we have a bit that doesn't die. This one's just immortal at this point. Yeah, at least we're funny some of the time. This was never good. It was nice of you to invite MJ and me. 
considering everything. Look, friend. You know he like poo-poos the gift, but is still gonna take it. Oh god, it, I think he leaves with it. Yeah, he's like, I will take this. Thank you. It better be a choo-choo train that I can play with on Christmas morning. Yeah, Peter's being so like understanding and like, you know, kind of humble about the whole thing, and then he gets thrown and thrown right in his face, and Harry's like I only invited you because my dad insisted. He told me to show a little backbone. I always do everything daddy tells me or I'll be grounded, but I'm going to be a little bitch about it. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. And he just runs away. I, I'm sorry. I agree with Norman. Show some fucking backbone here. Yeah, I know. It was actually, that was some solid parenting on his behalf for once. <laughs> Norman's tired of it. <laughs> I mean, stop clock twice a day, but, uh, you know, <laughs> if he'd had a little bit more of this parenting growing up, it might not be in the situation he's in. So Norman's channeling his uh, inner Will Ferrell with the Peter Parker's here. Now the party can really begin. It's great. It's Norman so is loving good. this. I know, Norman. This entire like th these next two scenes, this whole bit is so good. Like Neil Ross kills it here. He kills it. And with the animation, it's so Oh good. my god, he's so anime and expressive. It's yeah. amazing. It's and he's quippy and he's just like your perfect smarmy villain. And it, it's like Norman's accepting being the goblin here. Oh yeah. Yeah, but if we didn't know that he was the green goblin, you would just think that he's just been drinking wine from a can all day. <laughs> he's, he might have been he's doing so expressive, both, dude. using yeah. his hands to talk. Speaking like, of which Did a podcast just start? Uh, I hope so. So he's squeezing Peter's hand here. Like he shakes his hand and he does the the asshole move of really like trying to make you wince while he while he grabs at you. Yeah. Um, and he but he cuts it in with a little. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Was I squeezing too tightly? I forgot how delicate you are. Delicate? Sure, you're not thinking about your son? Cut to Mary Jane trying to coax Harry out of his tree fort as he has an ugly <laughs> toddler meltdown. <laughs> He's just so impetuous sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and then he, uh, this, this whole thing is capped off. Like they head over towards dinner, and Norman gives him this wink and finger gun. Oh, when they give you the wink and the gun, that means, hey, you're our man. <laughs> I think I found my new signature sign off for our episodes. I hope you enjoy the stew. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, stupid. We get a shot of the dining room, and the seating is just hilarious. It's Norman at the top of the table, head of the table, Fair. if you will. No, it's not the birthday boy, it's, it's, it's Norman. Norman. And then he's insisted. Yeah. He set this whole thing up. He's insisted that Peter sit across from his son. The two people that hate each other. And the only thing that would be worse is if Harry was forced to sit at a kid's table. <laughs> Pull up like a card table from the basement. <laughs> it's like two feet shorter. He's like, quiet, son. I know it's your birthday, but the adults are talking. Yeah, you can stay there until you finish your peas. <laughs> so, Peter, tell me all these great things. The whole dinner party scene here is excellent. Like Peter is a little slow in the uptake, obviously, but it works so well. And like you thought the last scene was great. This is even better. Like the I'll bet you two have been conspiring to get together for some time. And how do you get those fantastic angles? Like Mary Jane, though, is just like, yeah, I know, right? And they're just like <laughs> eating fistfuls of potato salad. Like, she's so oblivious. Mr. Osborne, Peter never gives out his treasured trade secrets. Not even to me. Yeah, uh, Norman is totally wine drunk. 
That's oh what my everyone's God. Like, oh my He's God. got his like beautiful decanter, so it might just yeah. be straight liquor. That's his top grade vodka and Harry gets water. So eventually Norman goes and tells Harry that, You know, Harry, your friend and I share a little secret, don't we, Pete? <laughs> and he keeps calling him Pete. It reminded me of The Simpsons where Homer's like, Wait a minute. Is he coming on to me? But it's Peter. Oh my God, he is coming on to me. And Harry's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, he's so, and he's like winking at him and stuff. It's so good. Harry has no goddamn clue. But with his luck, this like, we share a little secret, don't we, Pete? Like, Harry is about to find out that Peter banged his mom before she died or something. Oh. Like, Norman's about to announce to the table that they're Eskimo brothers. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, no, you actually know it's a very serious thing that's happening here because of all the chin grabbing that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> right, I do suppose, yes. Oh, I'm thinking mm. very hard. So Peter decides it's time for a diversion and tosses a few web cartridges into the fireplace in the next room before returning to the table. As Norman begins to reveal his big secret, they explode, smoking up the building and sending the guests fleeing. Peter gets MJ to safety and then charges back in, ostensibly to save Norman Osborn, one way or another. So Peter here decides he needs to go and create a diversion. And he's just kind of wondering, oh, what the heck do I need to do? And he's just like... I've got it. I'm going to set fire to the mansion. <laughs> I'll just burn the house down. No fires. He's so proud of himself for this plan. You're like, you're, your plan was to burn a man's house down. Like, even if it doesn't, like, actually set a fire, which you don't know because he says, Maybe if I heat up the chemicals in my web cartridges, that might do the trick. Even if that does work, it's going to cause, like, so much smoke damage. But I'm sorry, though. Isn't Spider-Man is a scientist? <laughs> yeah, you think he know whether his webs are flammable or not. That's really important. Yeah, he should know what's in there. Yeah, what depending on who you're fighting, that could be very like yeah. relevant. Or, you know, even if he's just saving people from a burning building. Like, it's no good if you swing in there and it immediately bursts into flames. Yeah. I don't know. It's a fucking moron. <laughs> but uh Norman, on the other hand, is building up this secret. Peter, I think it's time we shared our little secret. Oh, God, yeah. I'm starting to think he's actually coming on to Peter, though. Well, okay, hold on. When Peter comes back in and he's like, sorry, I was <laughs> feeling a bit ill for a moment. I was like, no, no, Peter. The whole guests assume you just left the room to fart, and then they're hoping it didn't just follow you back in. <laughs> the assassin. When Peter sits, Norman's like, did you flush twice? Because that upstairs bathroom is a real doozy. You know, President Taft died in that bathroom. <laughs> but fucking nosy-ass Deborah Whitman. So, just what was this secret you were talking about, Mr. Osborne? Deborah's a woman after my own heart. She fucking senses some gossip, and she's like, right back to the gossip, please. Mind your fucking business and go back to teaching Flash how to use tools. He's eating with his hands again. Flash, indoor manners. Just like hits him. Sensible bites. Sensible bites. <laughs> yeah, she's just trying to like housebreak a puppy here. Like She knows he's dumb, but he's beautiful and dumb. And she's just like, I, if I can nail this thing, I don't have to go like a new husband in 20 years. So Peter starts his precious fire and the guests see it and do not handle it with any poise or grace. Just have a little bit of, like, order and, like, you know, <laughs> I guess everyone's drunk. It's fine. If it got a little bit smokier, they were going through the windows of that dining hall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just hitting each other with chairs to be the first out the door. Taking that statue and just breaking all of Norman's house. Yeah, <laughs> just running out of the way to break stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there, <laughs> Peter charges back in and he says, Mr. Osborne's still in there. I've got to save him. And then in his mind, he says, Party's over, but I still owe Osborne a dance. A rumba, if I have my way. You just cut to them and they're just like cha-cha-chaing in the middle of the <laughs> fucking uh, smoke. How did you become the goblin mid-dance? <laughs> it's the mystery of the dance. It's the mystery of the dance! <laughs> Cha-cha-cha. He's can-canning. <laughs> he seems like a can-canner because of his skirt. Oh, yeah. I like Harry's little half-hearted attempt to follow him, though. It's fucking oh, yeah. pathetic. Dad! Flash's like, sit the fuck down. <laughs> Peter enters the smoky mansion and comes face to face with the green goblin. He's not clean out the back door into the gardens, but is at a disadvantage without his web shooters. After a scuffle, he's tied up and the goblin takes to the skies with Peter in tow, heading towards the George Washington Bridge. While Gobby gloats, Peter manages to slip a hand free and get a web shooter to hook a line, causing the glider to crash. He's able to then use the glider's jet to break his bonds and suit up to make it a fair fight. How, how do you switch into the goblin costume so quick? I don't know. I assume it's like a Tony Stark-esque bullshit. When you have that much money, you can you can afford those luxuries. I think you pull. I think you pulled a Peter. I think it's under a suit. But then well, it could be also people possible. Would have, people would have seen that goblin cock-inducing heart. The cock-inducing the cock-inducing codpiece from a mile away. <laughs> yeah. So Peter walks into the smoke. And he immediately confronts uh, the Green Goblin, who uh, starts getting pissed off at him. He says, Parker, you've been a thorn in my side for too long. You've pissed at me as Spider-Man. You hurt my son as Peter Parker. <laughs> well, it all ends tonight. You stole my credit card online as Ginge Minge Lover 69. Yeah, I know about that, too. <laughs> He's like, you bested me as a green goblin. You heard my son as Peter Parker. And I can't take it anymore. He cries himself to sleep every night and blasts those terrible Backstreet Boys. What do you say, Parker? Why don't we both get rid of Harry? Yeah. Harry seems like a Lincoln Park man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 1996. They weren't big yet. Yeah, so Peter goes and tries to shoot the Green Goblin with his web shooter, but doesn't have his web shooter on. I thought he was always prepared. Well, he has he has it with him. He just doesn't have it on. And it gives us reflex. He's yeah, gonna fish it out of his also <laughs> if it's a reflex though, Vero, he probably shouldn't do that when he's not costumed as Spider Man. Yeah, everyone's like, "The yeah. fuck are you doing, Peter?" And he's like, "Nothing." <laughs> I just think this rocks. He like turns his Zeppelin hand rules. Like 180 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I love this battle damage look for Peter, though, uh, with a costume poking through as he, like, scuffs up his tux. But, like, what if he scuffed up his knee? Like, if he just tripped or something. Like, uh, what yeah. if Mary Jane gets gropey in the cab on the way home? Like, he'd be totally exposed in more ways than one. That tux is, like, so easily breakable. Yeah. Maybe that's the point. It's just, like, tear-offs so we can just go into <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, maybe MJ wants to just rip off those buttons and... But then she'll find... Yeah, that's no good. I was thinking she just zips him down and then she just finds out he's wearing spandex underneath. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, oh, I don't have my web shooters. So he climbs a tree and he tries to do this, like, cool flip onto the glider and just... Bah! He gets shot. 
Oh, it's so pathetic. He's just- It's a good thing nobody can see us here in the backyard. Meanwhile, just Flash Thompson, like, pissing into a bush around the <laughs> corner, <laughs> waiting for the fire trucks. <laughs> Yelling to the front yard, like, Hey, babe, I'm almost done back here. You gotta give me another one. <laughs> <laughs> babe, get me a pig in the blanket. <laughs> so the Green Goblin goes and hits Peter with this, like, metal cable. Uh, and Peter's struggling to come out of it, and he goes and says, It's some kind of super hard metal! I, I can't break it! Also known as steel. <laughs> uh, it's clearly titanium. It's the kingpin ones. Yeah, from the episode where he was abducting all those people, and he yanks him out of the, the helicopter. He says, You didn't expect me to have super strength or titanium cables, did you, big boy? Big boy. Big boy. I rewatched the episode just to see if I was right. And yeah, I guess you could say because he reuses, he really is a green goblin. Oh, damn. That's getting cut. No, that's really good. I was really proud of that. So this whole thing with Peter getting wrapped in the cables and his suit uh, ripping off and everything and showing the Spider-Man costume is actually uh, very similar to the cover of uh, Spectacular Spider-Man magazine number two that this is based off of. Listen, do you all know how I feel about when it's like Spider-Man's face and he's like secret Spider-Man underneath? Okay. That's pretty cool. And then he gets pulled away into the sky by the Green Goblin and he just starts thinking about what Madam Web said. Madam Web was right. A monster with two heads, two identities has struck. Yeah, Peter, we already figured that the fuck out. Thank you. Thank you for being the last one in on all this shit. Thought you were supposed to be fucking smart. What's going on here? The the goblin's a little yammering here as they're flying around. It's kind of unheard to understand. Like, I've listened to him a bunch of times until I realized that he was saying, like, a burial at sea. Isn't that charming? You'll have a burial at sea, Parker. Isn't that charming? Like, I guess he's just going to huck him into the river. That's his big plan. Yeah, Yeah, what's your plan? You got better plans there, Kevin? I would say probably, like, you know, maybe you unmask him in front of the world. Like, you fly to Times Square and you you show the world who he is. And then you, like, kill him. Yeah, that is much better, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, Spider-Man does a sweet thing. He slyly puts on his web shooter. He, like, shoots it out. And it stops the goblins thing in his tracks. And I would just like to say, everybody pour one out for the tux. Because we've seen it. And this is the official goodbye. Because in order to escape these titanium cables, he must sacrifice the tux to the jet blasts of the glider. If this is going to work, I can't be a millimeter off. Number one, yay metric. Number two, you're putting yourself in front of a fucking afterburner. But whatever. That'll melt metal instantly, right? (laughs) Well, it's a jet engine. I don't know, man. Listen, he said he couldn't be a millimeter off. Otherwise, he'll then be circumcised. (laughs) I don't think that's what he said. (laughs) What were you watching? But, like, how did it destroy the whole tux? Well, I think because he also flexes. Yeah, he just rips it free after that point. He's like, fuck this. It's already in tatters. And he only got it like Armani exchange exchange. Yeah. And it's like, his thread count 20, Uncle Ben funeral moth eaten suit. Yeah. Yeah, made out of black sandpaper. 
when he crashes that thing and he goes like flying, I'm just like, I got, I'm so fucking pumped. It's just like, yeah, Peter, you got it, you got this. <laughs> I'm just so into it. Yeah, the like flex he does on the web to be like, see a nerd. Well, Spider-Man and the Green Goblin brawl at the top of the bridge here. Things are too evenly matched for the Goblin's taste, and so he busts out the time dilation accelerator, using portals to get himself back on his glider. He then taunts Spider-Man, telling him that he'll have to make him suffer first, and Spider-Man puts it all together, including the fact that Aunt May is now in real danger. The angles and the animation of this scene, 11 out of 10 butts. It's oh, like a God. rotating lower shot. You see every muscle. It's great. Wait, have you used that as an actual spider rating yet? <laughs> like Probably butts? not. Probably not. Yeah. I'm saving that. <laughs> like, you use it for this throwaway line? <laughs> <laughs> we can't hide your light under a bushel basket. Um, actually, you're right, Vero. The, the angles in this are fantastic. I wasn't as obsessed with their fucking asses as you were, but I think that's what this one does so well. Is it doesn't do static shots of things. It's not just plain, here's what's happening. It's up, it's down. It's It, it, it makes it very interesting to watch, which is really cool. Speaking of which... Uh, so Spider-Man sees uh, that he has the time dilation accelerator, and he says, The time dilation accelerator! He must have miniaturized it! Actually, it looks uh, slightly larger, if anything. What's up with that baby Bjorn? <laughs> like, even yeah. he notices that it's not miniaturized. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. That's what he figured out. I was Spider-Man. Yeah, we know. Do you think Spider-Man had a quick moment just to thinking of how and when Norman figured out he was Spider-Man? He's like... Oh, was it the time in the shower? Oh, was it the time in the bedroom? Oh, it's when I pissed in that alley, isn't it? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I wrote my name on the wall. Shouldn't have eaten those enchiladas. <laughs> oh, enchiladas. enchiladas. Oh, enchiladas. <laughs> oh, man. Back in Queens, Mary Jane and Aunt Anna chat over a late night cup of tea. With the usual Peter Parker ragging we've come to expect from the latter. Spider-Man makes it home, and as he checks on Aunt May, who is fast asleep, the Green Goblin appears from a portal. He decides not to disturb her, and instead says he'll go after Peter's co-conspirator, and after reassuring his aunt, he realizes what Dub G really meant. He's going after Mary Jane. Can, uh, can he just take Aunt Anna instead? <laughs> that gossipy old hag. Jeez. Like... Come on. Beautiful tea set, but... The way she jumps to find out if Norman's okay. Like, listen, honey, your paycheck's still eventually gonna come. Don't worry. And, and Mr. Osborne? They're still suing for alimony, even though they never actually married. Yeah. Oh, but then so... what? Like, wasn't MJ just, like, fucking swooning here? Like, Jesus. Oh, my God. What is Peter doing to MJ's fucking nether regions <laughs> that she has... This level of being smitten. It's insane. Seriously. It's a little intense, I'll agree. You're wrong about Peter and Anna. He's wonderful. I love him. I mean, he's probably like picking her up by his tongue or something. Like, it is insane. Like, she is so into him. Good God. <laughs> he's got that spider strength, so. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, if no. You I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. It's <laughs> your neck. Hurts my neck. I don't like it. It, it hurts my neck. I'm just fucking Larry David. Ah, hurts, oh, yeah. yeah, it hurts my neck. Yeah. I'm kink. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure someone fucking swapped out MJ here because she is just like letting Peter's shittiness 
be like, oh, that's just my guy. And she's like fucking swooning. Like, is she drinking like um, psilocybin tea there? Oh, nice. Like, it's just like mushroom tea. Cold tea. Anna's just fucking cocking a shotgun for her. You know, she's just like, oh, God, time to put MJ out of her misery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we cut over to Aunt May's bedroom and uh, Peter charges in, sees nothing. <laughs> Uh, and then the goblin portals in. But I was expecting it to be like the goblin portals into the bedroom. All he sees is a passed out Aunt May and a stark naked Triple J. <laughs> and they both like lock eyes for a minute. He's just hovering there on his board. And they both nod. MJ. <laughs> and uh, like the goblin slowly backs into the portal and Triple J slowly walks back into the bathroom. It's like, let's just pretend this didn't happen. I wonder how many times the goblin, like, showed up and then went back into his portal and showed up <laughs> to be like, and he'll be here now. No. How about now? Oh. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Peter goes and runs into her bedroom. He's like, oh, man. It's like, oh, no. Still passed out from the gin. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, see you later. Oh, so when the goblin shows up, he actually kind of rhymes, uh, I assume, inadvertently. <laughs> so peacefully I couldn't disturb her. I think I'd rather pay a visit to your other co-conspirator. <laughs> um, I don't think it's inadvertent. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really embracing the wacky side of himself, so maybe it was intentional. But the fact that she doesn't wake up and he has a literal jet engine <laughs> running in her bedroom <laughs> is a little bit telling. How did none of that catch on fire? <laughs> the gin. Just her breath. Just how'd her breath not catch on fire? It's just so full of gin. But he's running this engine like a fucking like eight cylinder <laughs> in the fucking bedroom. She's passed out cold. And then he speaks loudly at the end and she wakes up. What the fuck is that? He's trying to talk over the jet engine. He's like, you're co-conspirators. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're co-conspirators. What? Oh, what? never mind. I'm going to Mary Jane's house. <laughs> he fucking just <laughs> <laughs> My coke and beer eaters? What? <laughs> so why does he decide to just leave her, though? Because he can't bring himself to wake her up. But, like, but come on. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> he obviously doesn't care. Is it just him toying with him? Yeah. Yeah, he's just fucking around with him. Yeah. And also, like, but he does see MJ as someone who hurt Harry, so it, it does make sense to actually hurt her. Right. And also, he was there to stop it. Like, he would have fought the Green Goblin if he reached for Aunt May. So it fucks with him because now Goblin has a head start. <laughs> After the jet engine leaves... Aunt May decides this is the time to wake up and does the thing every mom says when you come home from a party. Did you have fun at Harry's party? She's like, oh, how was it? Like hoping to get some sweet, juicy goss. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have fun at Harry's party? It's still going on. Yeah, it's five o'clock. It's not (laughs) even dark outside, you fucking drunk. (laughs) I just had to roll you on. I knew I had to come home at five and roll you onto your side so you don't die. I have a question. How the fuck did Peter take his mask off so quickly? I'm sure he's, uh, he's, he's got his reps before. in there. Yeah, okay. Man. Well, second thing, uh, he's still fully draped in Spider-Man costume. He has his mask off. So thank God that uh, May's eyes are so fucking hazy from the booze and can't fucking tell what the hell's going on. Hasn't he done this before? He did this in the uh, chameleon. It's not a chameleon. It, is it the Insidious 6 episode? Uh, she, he comes home in the Spider-Man 
outfit and he's but she talking. doesn't see him oh uh, yes yeah he goes and puts her to sleep yeah and he's yeah. in the spider-man outfit. Uh, yeah that's it, it you're right is it, it is after the insidious six the return of the insidious six he like brings her home like puts her to bed or something yeah yeah that's right it's just real hmm. dark in her bedroom i guess mm. they are blackout shades because she cannot have the sun wake her up when she's hung over yeah <laughs> Those are some quality sleep till noon shades. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Those are great. I like how even she takes a moment to pity Harry Osborne. Like, oh, how nice for Harry. He finally bought himself some friends. So the goblin shows up at Aunt Anna's place, gassing both of the Watson women. Spider-Man arrives, seeing Aunt Anna knocked out on the floor and dashes to the window, just in time to see the green goblin fly off with the woman he loves. Please, God, just let the goblin smash through the window and take Aunt Anna out for good. <laughs> she's, she's allergic to the gas. Yeah, really. When she, <laughs> the crazy purple knockout gas that he uses. I love that he pops in through the, uh, like, it's such a comedic take, but it works so well. Where she's like, oh. I still say you're asking for trouble by dating that strange young man. Lady, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> waka waka. Like, what the fuck was that? And then he's like, wait, you guys were talking about Harry, right? No? Oh. Well. I, I, I really I didn't really hear it. Could you just set me up again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. I'll, I'll go back in the portal and then you say it. And then, oh, you guys are no fun. Here, eat gas. He <laughs> just throws gas out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking again of this episode's quality, the animation when Spider-Man bursts through the door and, like, lands and the gas swirls around his legs, fucking... Top notch. Yeah, it's so good. Aunt Anna's always been a lead weight. Before it was metaphorical, and now it's literally physical. Because she takes MJ down. She passes out <laughs> first and fucking she face plants, and MJ goes crashing into her. Yep, Nat won on the Constitution saving throw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just eats shit. So when Green Goblin gets there, Mary Jane is just like... She can't run. She is too full of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Do you want Brussels sprouts tonight? That's <laughs> all she eats. Keeps you regular. And eight pots of alcoholic tea. <laughs> That's it. Just silabin tea. That's all she eats. I like that he runs over. He sees that Anna Watson is okay. She's okay. Just stunned. And then he's just like, well... Just to be safe. And he, like, takes her out of the recovery position, puts her face down to the cat's <laughs> water dish, like, shh, 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 While I'm here. <laughs> Two for one, you know, whatever. <laughs> It'll solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> now my life is perfect. Now it's perfect. Spider-Man gives chase as the Green Goblin flies with Mary Jane back to the George Washington Bridge. They have a standoff, but Spidey clouds his foe's mind, using his split personalities against each other as a distraction, allowing him to get an attack. The blow knocks the TDA loose, and the two topple off the bridge. Spider-Man saves his enemy, who immediately turns on him, nearly throwing Spidey to the ground below. Why was the Goblin flying away from Oscorp? Like, we mentioned this earlier, it's just... Like, it doesn't make any sense, the geography of the city. That is a reused bit of animation. Uh, of course it is. It's from the episode for uh, where where he kidnapped all the board members of Oscorp. Yeah. Right. And there's that really brief shot of him flying with MJ into the from Oscorp to the river. Right. It, they probably were just like, ah, it's a good filler shot. Nobody will notice. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but yeah, Oscorp is way prominently in the background there, and it, it's a little weird. <laughs> but other than that, the animation in this episode is so fucking good. Like, when Spider-Man arrives on the scene here, and he does this, like, little flip, where he, like, comes into the scene, does, like, a tuck and roll, and then lands on all fours, it looks so good. Like, you just feel the weight of him. Like, and he, like, I love the way that he accelerates after he no longer has the web in his hand. It's so good. Yeah. God, I love it. And he just lands, like, boom, I'm here. And it's like, yeah, let's go. Like, the standoff begins. Uh, and then, of course, the goblins, like... I held the curtain for you, Spider-Man. I wouldn't want you to miss the show. He's such a lame-o. Like, he starts, like, Spider-Man's yelling shit at him. And it's just, like, he's, he just basically brings up Harry. And that's enough to, like, get him arguing with Osborne. Like, Osborne yeah. and the Goblin are, are chirping each other back and forth. Yeah. But, like, he immediately, like, Osborne's such a loser. Where he's like, you attacked Harry to get to me. The Goblin told me so. Oh, yes, the Goblin takes care of me. He makes life better for me. He's the only one. Nobody else loves me. They all hate me. I love how in a few short seconds here, between the two of them, they admit that what we already knew, Harry only loves Mary Jane and no one else. Norman doesn't, like, think anybody loves him. So, like, we know that Harry and Norman don't actually even love each other. Ouch. <laughs> like, they basically spell it out for you here. I love the pep talk the Goblin's giving him, too. Quit whining, Osborne. How can I make a man out of you if you're going to... And then Norman's like, oh, I'm so depressed. I thought you were going to make a Mulan reference there. Oh. Really, if uh, if Harry had the Green Goblin as his uh, father, he'd probably be more of a man. He'd probably have Mary Jane right now. Yeah, probably. That would work out great for everyone, I think. Uh <laughs> I like when he swings down and... Spider-Man makes a point of saying, like, Now, while he's Osborne, I've got to make this count. And they're yeah. arguing, and Spider-Man goes, like, Norman! And then the Goblin's like, what? Like, he's so pissed that he's being interrupted. Yeah. He gets me every time. He's just like, it's oh, true. what? And he just eats it. Like, yeah, two feet kick. Boom. If you're going Osborne. to what? Yeah. yeah, so why did Spider-Man call out Osborne's name before tackling him? He had the element of surprise, but he just needed yeah. him to know he was coming from the, the right? I guess just to make sure that he was good and confused. Mm. Like, he doesn't say Goblin, he says Osborne. Yeah, that's fair. Like, for the last time, I'm not Norman Osborn. He's so pissed. Uh, two feet to the mouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he kicks him off, and they, like, land on one of the, like, support cables. Yeah. And immediately, they're slipping everywhere. But yeah. Spider-Man's not that slippy. He's okay. He, he can stick to stuff. But um, the goblin is, like, barely hanging on there. And he calls for Spider-Man to help him. Help me! Please! Pull me up! I'm, I'm falling! And I'm like, if you had just webbed him in place here would have solved all our problems you know what i mean like yeah. instead of trying to be helpful again like get burned for the eighth time or whatever it is at this point yeah he could have just webbed his hand to the side and he would have been stuck there for like you know an hour or whatever it takes for his webbing to a good amount loose. of time yeah enough to save mary jane Enough to save Mary Jane, get her to safety, and then what's he going to do? Rip free? He'll fall to his death, so he knows he's stuck there. It's like what he did to Tombstone. Yeah, he can't fly without the glider, yep. right? So. Well, I mean, maybe he would have, like, it would have been even cool, because then he could have, like, oh, yeah, then he goes and gets his glider remote with his other hand. He would have had to, like, finagle it. It could have been fine, but, like, I just hate that Spider-Man gets fucking fooled again. I know. And then I do like the voice work here when he pulls him up and he says, Osborne? <laughs> Not Osborne! 
Osborne! Goblin! Goblin! Goblin, goblin, goblin! So Mary Jane finally achieves consciousness or whatever. Sort of. And I'm just like, Mary Jane, just sit down. Peter's dealing with this. Like, stop trying to help. Because she's like almost falls over. She has been to enough theater after parties that her tolerance is through the roof. That's why she's <laughs> able to get to her feet here. She's just stumbling around trying to order Taco Bell and hail a cab at this point. Like it's all like that reptilian part of your brain. And it, that's what she's. It's going to take Aunt Anna three days to wake up. Mary Jane, yeah. 30 minutes. Oh, I was going to say, how much gas can one woman take? She gets gassed a lot. <laughs> I said theater people. Like, she's a theater nerd. She's done drugs, dudes. So Spider-Man and the Green Goblin race back to the top of the bridge, and Spidey makes it there first, just in time to save Mary Jane from falling off the edge. The Goblin activates his glider, which attacks, causing chaos and destruction. The TDA and Mary Jane are sent flying off the edge, and Mary Jane is thrown into a portal. Spider-Man dives over, assuming that she's fallen into the river, but can't find her for all of his frantic searching. Meanwhile, the Goblin regroups, grabbing his portal device and mounting the glider for a final assault. There's another great Mary Jane in this episode. There's a lot of them. Mary Jane! Mary Jane! Mary Jane! Mary Jane! Mary Jane! I like that Mary Jane wakes up here a little bit and she's all groggy and she, uh... It's okay, my love. Everything's going to be fine. Spider-Man, what? I thought I heard Peter. Peter? I'm too tired for sex. Just crank one on my back or something. Oh, hey, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, my God. After after MJ is surprised that it's Spider-Man and not Peter, the goblin decides to drive. He gets control of the wing, and he decides to fly it right at them. And his face, when he's controlling it, is just pure joy. He's like, yes. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, the yeah. goblin He's is fully loving. Loving it. The first time that the glider crashes, you get a taste of what it's like to have MJ fall off the ledge, but this time Peter. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like all groggy and stuff and just yeah. Yeah. The uh Um so this portal gun's got a fucking hair trigger, right? Like for fuck's sake. Well, it's been, I think it's been damaged by the times it's been smashed into the concrete. Like it's probably got a like a more sensitive trigger than the fucking neogenic recombinator where like you fucking blew on it gently and it went off. He spent all that time miniaturizing it, which just means uh, retrofitting it for D cell batteries. But <laughs> yeah, he should have spent more time on that baby Bjorn system. If that was an actual infant in that thing, uh, I think that soft spot would be a huge dent by now. Jesus. He'd be a, yeah. He would be at the police. <laughs> He already should be at the police. He is a villain. <laughs> He's a criminal. That's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, this this whole kind of scene really does mimic the whole night Gwen Stacy died. But it is actually Mary Jane and it's portals instead of, uh, you know, a girl Death. getting her neck, neck broken. Yeah. yeah. But they fair did enough. do a good job. I do have to say they did do a good job of that in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, this scene, I just... I was floored when I was a kid. I was like, she's in the portal gun! Like, I remember just, like, yelling at the yelling TV. Yelling at the TV? Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't see it, so he's got no fucking clue. Like, this whole part where Spidey is looking for MJ, like, no joke, chills, man. It was so good. Roll the clip. 
can't find her. So help me, I can't find her. <laughs> Mary Jane! Yeah, it, she's just gone. His whole life just gone. Yeah, just yeah. Blah! But then... <laughs> And then he's just like this. And then like he comes up. He can't find her. He assumes he's just failing her. Like he assumes yeah. she's down there somewhere, but he can't find her. And then the goblin just starts circling. And he's just like, fuck this. It's so good. Yeah. He goes from zero to rage mode. And it's you can feel it. The woman he loves. He didn't get a chance to tell her in person because he was I mean, he had a, He had a million chances and he just didn't take oh, them. No. Yeah. But like... He's regretting it now. He's regretting it. He should have told her every day. So as the goblin comes by in the glider, Spider-Man snags it and pulls himself from the river, ready to fight with everything he has. Their fight nearly crashes the glider, and when the goblin tries to portal away, he realizes that the the time dilation accelerator is broken. He tries to fix it, but this causes a portal that begins sucking in everything around it, including himself. Spidey is torn, but ultimately decides he needs to try to save Norman. But as the goblin takes over again and tries to ram his foe with his glider, Spider-Man dodges away, causing the glider to crash into the goblin and force both into the portal. As the vortex closes, Spider-Man can only call for Madam Web as his world breaks down around him. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason I have a whole bottle of gin next to me. Well, you know, what, like, thank uh, you, Ryan Reynolds, for your gin. That's how Hemingway did it. So <laughs> why not? I like that Goblin is like kind of not taking Spider-Man angrily crawling up the web seriously till he's like at the glider. He's like, oh, I guess I better cut this rope now. And then Spider-Man grabs his arm. He's like, shit, I beefed it. <laughs> I just love how he still keeps getting pissed off by the the fact that he's calling him Norman. <laughs> What's wrong, Spider-Man? No quick comebacks, no clever one-liners? You think this is a game, Osborne? It's not! That was the woman I loved! And you're about to learn what that means! For the last time, I'm the Green Goblin! Osborne is my trigger word! <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Oh, Osborne, man. well, that's our word of the day. I love this. I can stick to the ground. You can't. It's, it, he says it with the same authority that he says, my suit has cruise control. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Something from the Your symbiote. suit has backpacks that explode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel there's a lot of echoes between those symbiote episodes and this one. Like, there's just a lot of things that reminded yeah. me of those ones. And maybe it's just because the writing and the animation and the voice acting are so good in both of them that I'm just like, oh, yeah, this feels like the same show. Also, I kind of I would argue if we're looking at it from a character perspective, like this is Spider-Man like tapping into that symbiote craziness. Like it's always the been rage. in him, and this is him like raging out. And he's normally right. pretty calm, and now he's like big boy on the street. Like I can stick to the floor, you can't, and clearly pushes him. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's hard to tell because they don't show it, but the sound effect kind of leads you to the believe that he shoves Norman. Uh, into the into the into the vortex. Yeah. Well, not Norman, the Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah, Green Goblin. I like when the Goblin's under control of the of the body. We'll say 
he's trying to fix the time dilation accelerator, and it just looks like he's like, fuck it. <laughs> Tapping. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, Man. Yeah, exactly. He needs Norman for this, and Norman ain't around, so yeah. uh, good luck to you. Did you guys notice that no one is around? There's yes. no spectators. There's no Triple J. There's the no traffic? one. Yeah, there's no I traffic. I mean, there could be some hobos under the bridge. There's nothing. But, like, who's hanging out? Yeah, yeah but no, like right. it's literally just the three of them now, I guess, too, at the bridge. Because like you Two know, and a like, half. Okay, this is just spitballing, but <laughs> yeah. if there were people on the bridge, when he drops the bombs, because they do cut away to the bombs exploding, at some sort of like choice between saving the people and saving MJ would have been like, uh, you know. Yeah, but no one was there. The yeah. bombs didn't do anything. What is it like? They just fell. Three thirty a.m. It is. It does seem to be pretty late. I suppose. There's been a lot going on. Well, Aunt Anna, yeah, Aunt Anna and uh, Mary Jane are just having some tea talking about Peter Parker. So it can't be that late unless they're just both night owls. I mean, maybe she woke up on Anna to gossip. So maybe it is like midnight, to be fair. Uh, and then the portal gun doesn't work. How convenient. I love the moral conundrum here that Spider-Man is in where he's just sort of like, it's it's the best kind because it's not like you don't actively take part in the destruction of your villain here. Like you're like, oh, I don't kill people, but it's so tempting yeah. to just do nothing. Like I'm not killing him. Well, he does because he pushed him. Well, we, like even that's like debatable. I don't know if it if it actually happened. I'm sure he probably didn't. But like the point is like he's going to get sucked into this portal. He made the portal. He did all of this to himself. Do I really have to do anything? Like. Do yeah. I really have to help? But like the whole core of Spider-Man is you have the power to help people. You got to do it. Oh, so, you mean with great power comes great responsibility? I think I heard that in a podcast somewhere. No, no, not this one. So there's another good uh, metal song in the making here when he goes and says, You'll pay, Osborne! If I have to chase you forever, you'll pay! Oh, God, yeah. That was very similar to him yelling at Shocker from that exactly. other one. Because, like, why is he always about chasing people? <laughs> to the ends of the earth. It's very much that inner rage. He's letting it yep. go. Yeah. It's season finale rage, baby. It's out there. It's there, baby. I feel it. While, uh, while Osborne, well, when he's initially the Green Goblin and he's getting sucked into this portal and uh, he's just holding on to a, you know, a piece of stray piping or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and there's a great shot here as, his, as the portal sort of is sucking away at him and it slips the mask off of his head. And as it does, he kind of becomes Osborne again and he yeah. kind of wakes up quote unquote he doesn't know where the hell he is which would be fucking terrifying i'll admit help help me where am i what's going on he plays it really well but the, the just the effect of the, the mask slipping off is very symbolic i really liked it mm -hmm. yeah and then he's all vulnerable and that's when the guilt kicks in more because he's thinking about harry he wasn't in yeah. control when he was the symbiote like or when he was the monster like when he had the neogenic nightmare. Yeah, when he was having yeah. a neogenic nightmare, yep. Yeah, and ultimately he says, Revenge is never justified. Nothing will bring Mary Jane back. But I'm like, really? That's uh, kind of there's some the justice plot here. Yeah, there's half of the plot lines of this show, dude, are, yeah. uh, are justified by revenge. So maybe don't maybe don't say that too loud. But only I mean, the villains. Revenge? Revenge? Revenge. revenge. So Spider-Man goes and explains what happens with like 
the portal having its own gravity, and he says, He's created an imbalance between the gravitational pull of this dimension and the vortex. You mean it's all sucky? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a real... Well, no, not like your ex-wife. That's why you had to get a divorce. Um, (laughs) She was sucking everybody else up, not me. Yeah, he he throws a little science at it, which is good. And gets your justification. Uh-huh. I like that he decides that he's going to help him, and he just yells, "I'm coming!" I'm like, "Oh, that reminded me of the uh, the vulture. I oh. am coming." It's me, Adrian <laughs> Tubes. Got any questions? No, let's keep going. <laughs> hey, Adrian Tubes could fly in and save him right now. That'd be very helpful. Yep, yep, yep. Norman kind of goes nuts. Psych! I'm still the Green Goblin, and he uh, he pulls out the glo- the the Goblin's uh, glider controller. And tries to ram Peter, which is straight out of the comics and very much uh, what they did in the uh, the movie as well. Yeah. Um, which it, it, this is the PG version of it. Like it's going to hit him into this portal instead of, you know, stab him. But Impaling. the effect is. Yeah. Yeah. The it, wounds it, it, were from his own glider. Oh, God. Yeah, that was terrible. Master Osborne. <laughs> but it's it's still it gets the effect across. I think it's really good. Um, and the fact that he ultimately Spider-Man does offer his hand, he does the right thing and still he's rejected by the villain makes it, you know, a much more rewarding as the viewer. Like yeah. he did the right thing in the, in the worst moment. He did the right thing. So yeah, you're like, sure. OK, but he still gets his comeuppance. So it feels good that way. Osborne, take my hand. It's your only chance. There's no Osborne anymore, Parker. There is only the Green Goblin. So were they both going to go in the portal? Because I feel like the wing's pretty big. I think he's hoping that maybe if Spider-Man goes in, it'll shut it down. I don't know. But uh, Also, the uh, portal gun goes in too, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's all gone yeah. until the episode where he comes back, which I'm sure that won't happen. Um, no, never. <laughs> but uh, when, the clo- when the portal then closes, it was very Return of the Jedi to me. Like It reminded me very much of when the Emperor is thrown uh, down the hole in the Death Star in the, in the last um, of the, the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like the scream, which kind of fades as it, as it goes into like the impossible depths. Right. And then the blue lightning that comes out in both cases. Oh, yeah. Kind of interesting that uh, they're very similar to one another. Yeah, and then I love the little Spidey jog, the little dance he has to do to avoid getting his toes zapped. He's like, hoo, ha, hoo, ha, hoo. <laughs> he's very agile. Ah, 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 huh? <laughs> yeah, and then he falls on his bum. So after that, he you think he's gonna go and call for Mary Jane, but he ends up calling for Madam Web. It can't end like this, Madam Web. <laughs> I want to be like Madam Web. Oh, web. <laughs> so it reminded me of uh, Futurama where just like. No! Funny story. The script called for me to say yes, but I gave it a little twist. Oh. <laughs> Calculon. Yeah. Acting. Acting. You're Egyptian. Egyptian. Spider-Man confronts Madam Web, begging for her help, but she says she's powerless to change the choices that he's made. Peter rages at her, telling her to stay out of his life for good, and she agrees, 
for now, adding the caveat that he is still the chosen one and that the final battle will come, whether he likes it or not. Peter is left standing on the bridge and can only mourn for the perfect life that he thought he had. Uh, so do you think he was now yearning for Madam Webb? I, you know what? She could see the future, so uh, I don't, I'm not going to give her this one. But yes, yes, he is yearning for Madam Webb in this moment. Yearn for the wisdom of Madam Webb. She's a cold hard bitch, though. Uh, oh this my is God. what makes Spider-Man great, is that he doesn't say bring her back. He says bring them back. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was weird, too. No, but it, it just shows that he knows that it's not just Norman. Like, it's not the Green Goblin. It's Norman and the Green Goblin, like, he sees the impact it'll be on Harry and on the rest of the world. Like, he, this guy tried to kill him, but he's still like, no, no, you have to bring them both back. The oh, I thought person, he was talking about MJ's tits. <laughs> both <Wow>. of them. <laughs> Need to bring them back. Both. <laughs> and I guess the lady she, they're attached to. <laughs> Only the left one, actually. I didn't like that one at all. If, I, if you have to pick, if you have to pick the left one, the it was left. bigger. Um, but you all, there's also another good metal song here when he's just like, do you hear me? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh man. This, this whole scene is pretty great. He asked her to bring her back and she says, can you bring them back? I'll do anything you want. I can't. Can't or won't. He's like, yeah, I know you are, but oh, you said you can't. Jesus. Oh, oh. Jesus. It was an A sound. <laughs> Madam Webb picks the worst possible time for an I told you so. Oh, my God. And she pulls the I, and he's like, oh, you can't or you won't. And she just pulls this bullshit like this is the path you chose for yourself to do things on your own. He could have just cut her off right away and been like, so won't. Thank you. Yes, I'm done with you. Yeah. Yeah. So Joan Lee here as Madame Webb is so cool the entire time. And it's a great contrast to uh, Daniel Barnes's Spider-Man. Like he is. Like we said it already. He he kills it. He knocks this one out of the park. He's so good here. And like it should be over the top, but it isn't. Like you feel his pain. Yeah. I honestly don't know what else to say about this scene. He he fucking nails it. Yeah, all I know is that the Witcher taught me not to fuck with destiny, but yeah. uh, Spider-Man <laughs> just keeps doing it. The Witcher taught me the rules of surprise, but then it didn't actually teach me the rules of surprise. Yeah, they just kept saying the, the law of surprise. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Nobody knows. It's very confusing. Whatever. You have to Google it. It's weird, though, that he says, uh, like, he's talking to her. He's like, don't you ever, ever enter my life again. Do you hear me? And then she says, as you wish, I should leave you for now. But you are still the chosen one. And when the time comes for the ultimate battle, I will return and send for you. That you cannot escape. It is your destiny. Yes, but I'll come back. Like, okay, so you didn't hear me. Like, that's clearly what I said was never talk to me again. And then she's just like, okay, but I, I'm gonna talk to you again. Like, it's the it's the girlfriend who doesn't realize that she's been broken up with. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, things just keep getting worse because the bow on this episode has us seeing Mary Jane drifting endlessly in limbo. She calls for Peter or anyone else to help her, but she finds that she's completely and utterly alone. Oh no, Mary Jane! Mary Jane's still alive! 
Mary Jane. Until she crashes into the rotting corpses of Dr. Own and Dr. Lopez. Uh-huh. Well, she's going to eat them, obviously. That's how she stays alive. <laughs> <laughs> their fucking, their pubic bones are just fused together. <laughs> Whoa, oh, God. Snoo, snoop. Peter? Somebody, please! It looks like the chapter has ended with this episode, which means it's time to discover the secret of some arbitrary spider ratings, where we rank the episode using whatever idiotic metric we can come up with off the top of our heads. Kevin, go. I'm going to give this episode two split personalities out of two. From start to finish, the animation, the voice acting, the sound design, the music, the story, the overarching plot, this was peak fucking Spider-Man for me. Enough said. Peter? I'm going to give this one nine out of nine and a half bellies full of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Anna Watson going for a run. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with everything Kevin said. Enough said. All right, but not perfect, eh? It's my best rating ever. Nine thumbs up. I give this episode five secrets to share out of five. Um... Yeah, fuck it. It's perfect. Norman's ridiculousness, the action, the drama. Just just, just say enough said. Enough said. Guess we'll have to wait to see what happens to Mary Jane, eh? Well, I mean, it's a it's a 24-year-old show, dude. Wait, what do you mean it's 24 years old? Yeah, like, there's it's like two seasons left, like, you know? What do you mean there's two seasons left? Yeah, like, like 12 episodes? Yeah, 12, 12 episodes per season, like 24 episodes? There's 24 episodes left?! Well, how the fuck am I going to know what happens next? He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue with a bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news, too. That's unbelievable. Exactly how did you happen to get this? Robbie Robertson is framed for robbery, and only Spider-Man and Jameson believe that he's innocent. Can they find enough evidence to prove it before Robbie meets some old friends in prison? Are these friends, like, in the, you know... Harry Osborne's sense of the word or friends. When you've been tried for treason, robbery just seems like kind of eh. Yeah, that's a step down <laughs> like, in terms of tension. There's no drama. There's no intrigue. It's just, oh, you, well, at least it's not treason. High treason. Yeah, I, they should have named this episode like framed instead of guilty, maybe. Oh, yeah, because he didn't do it. <laughs> oh, wait, they've already used that one. Uh, I don't think we can afford the lawyer fees. Well, that's going to bring Sins of the Fathers to a close, so the only thing left to do here is to decide who takes the crown as our naughtiest daddy of season three. So what's everybody's choices for this one? Well, Kevin, I'm going to have to say it's uh, Tyena's father for uh, just blatantly let her hang out with a vigilante-like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was her wish. <laughs> it was her wish, possibly her last one. Very clearly her last one. <laughs> For me, the naughtiest daddy is Kingpin's dad. Because if he wasn't such oh. a fucking dick, the Kingpin wouldn't be the Kingpin, and all these problems wouldn't have existed. Wow, that's a good point. And it kind of trumps my answer, <laughs> which I was going to say... Kingpin himself, I think, is my naughtiest daddy. Um, not only does he have the most crimes, I think he's got the biggest rap sheet, even when you include what the Green Goblin has done uh, as Norm in Norman Osborn. 
Um, I think uh, I'm going to go with Big Willie Fisk as my uh, my naughtiest daddy because, uh, you know what, I don't think Dickie Fisk really got a fair shake because, uh, you know, daddy just sent him to Europe and then he sent him to jail for treason. So <laughs> I think uh, that's the one I would want the least. I, I will take I'll take his absenteeism and, uh, you know, neglect of Norman Osborn over the put you in jail forever, possibly hanging of uh, of Wilson Fisk. I think we all can agree the naughtiest daddy was Baron Mordo pretending to be MJ's father. <laughs> that was pretty inappropriate. That was pretty naughty. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for that. Well, that's going to do it for us. If you liked it, please share it with your friends, family, and endless adrift romantic partners. And if you loved it, support the show ever you can. Talk us up on any of the social media, contribute on Patreon, grab some of our swag on TeePublic, and rate and review us on the podcast service of choice to help get the show out there. Links can be found on RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. And if you use the hashtag RASpiderPod, you might even win some swag. We'll return from the depths of our despair in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, this is Radioactive SpiderPod saying, now the party can really begin. I hope you enjoy the stew. Keep swinging. Peace and reunion to you. I'll always love you. Leave me. It's so hard to let you go. Peace to you, man. You have to go, Dr. Kafka? Yeah, Ashley?